My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. And today we'll be talking all about an aspect of yoga anatomy, which we've been covering this week inside of the Yoga Teacher Training, which is happening now. And the next one will be in March 2021. Check out quietmind.yoga to see when the next teacher training is. It's an amazing group. I love getting to do this, and it's an honor and privilege. And one of my favorite aspects of yoga is understanding anatomy because it was so challenging and over my head in the beginning, but I wanted to know more. And I felt like if I understood anatomy well, I could really understand what we're doing in yoga a lot better. And one of those things is the fascia, the connective tissue of the body. So if you are so adventurous to look up some uh, surgeries and working with cadavers and things like this on YouTube, you can find that. And you'll see when they're working with real human bodies and working through showing up, showing the muscles of the body and the anatomy of the body, they're cutting away this white stuff that's kind of in the way of the muscles. And for a long time, until just recently in the last decade or so, uh, it was considered that it wasn't really necessary. It wasn't quite clear what that stuff was, but now we know that's fascia. It's connective tissue. It's these strands of collagen that are all throughout the body. And we often think of anatomy as like a skeleton and done a biology class. You've probably seen the skeleton on the rack there. And we think that's kind of the structure of the body. You take away the muscles and you've got the skeleton and that holds everything up. And of course, that's not true is because even a skeleton in the uh, biology class is held up by a lot of pins and screws because the actual structure of the bones alone doesn't hold it all together. It needs the muscles. It needs the connective tissue, the tendons and the ligaments and the fascia. So when we say connective tissue as yoga teachers, we want to be real clear. We're talking about ligaments, tendons, and fascia. That's the connective tissue. And then there's muscles and there's bones. So the skeletal system looks like it's the whole structure, but if we take that away and uh, we, we just leave the muscles, the muscles would fall. But if we take everything away and just leave the fascia, then we've got a human body. We've got the whole shape of the body still there. Now this would be really complicated to do from a sort of a model standpoint, uh, but we can use the Complete Anatomy app. That's the app that I use to teach anatomy and study it. It's fantastic. You can see everything very clearly in there. And on the Complete Anatomy app, if you ever decide, you can do a trial, you can get the iOS app or the mobile app, you can get the uh, desktop app. I recommend it if you wanna study this stuff. And if you're a teacher, it's a tax write-off. It's like a hundred bucks a year, I believe, maybe 50 bucks the first year or something like this. But you can see the fascia in there. You can just show just the fascia. And it's like a ghost. It's like a, a whole outline of the body just in this connective tissue, like a webbing, almost like a spider web. This stuff is very, very strong. And there's a theory, this isn't for sure, but this theory that essentially we're just collagen. Like everything in the body is just collagen and it just breaks off into more or less dense versions of it. And it's very dense in the fascia and the connective tissue, the ligaments and tendons. As you may remember, tendons connect muscle to bone and I remember that because of the muscle being more tender than the bone. So it's more tender. The tendons are connecting muscle to bone. 
and then the ligaments connect bones to bone and ligaments are like they're the same thing so not the best way to memorize that one but tender tendons and like ligaments so bone to bone are the ligaments and just this if you look on the anatomy app or any sort of anatomy text or resource you'll see it's uh this white tissue so usually muscles are the red tissue depicted as red and more flexible and the white stuff is a lot less flexible it is flexible to some degree but much less than muscle so this theory this idea that everything's collagen and it just uh, becomes more or less dense in certain areas means that there's major density major connective tissue around the joints to protect the joints to move especially around the knee and the hip there's a lot of connective stuff around the pelvis so very dense in these areas and they're not meant to be as flexible but the muscles are so when we're in yoga postures we want to emphasize in general lengthening the muscles and the belly of the muscle but when we understand fascia when we look at it under a microscope and you can do this there's a great documentary on youtube you can look up the strolling under the skin strolling under the skin on youtube it's free it's a half hour long it's great i have it in my recommended videos for my yoga students and you can actually see fascia in real live humans and how it moves and how it changes forms and it looks like a spider web kind of it looks like uh, these strings and strands of collagen and it looks see-through and it moves and changes so you've probably heard this metaphor with uh fascia before like if you if you're wearing a shirt <laughs> the modern world right now everyone's just at home if you're wearing a shirt and listening to this and you pull on your shirt and one one side of it you maybe pull the front of the shirt it doesn't just pull one part of the shirt it pulls the whole thing especially if you pull far enough the back of the shirt is affected the whole structure is affected and this is how fascia works as well so if we come into pigeon pose and the muscular side we're we're lengthening the outer hips and the front of the left hip the hip flexors uh, but it's all connected and we can't really just reduce it to just the outer hip being affected because the low back is affected you might feel that the whole spine everything is affected it's all connected but the fascia gives this model of looking at it like if you pull on your shirt in the front it's also affecting the sides and the back of the shirt as well and that's what's happening to the sort of fascia suit you can imagine we're wearing like this whole body suit and we go into pigeon pose and it's pulling the fascia in a certain way and it's going to affect the whole rest of the suit not just the outer hip and if we look under a microscope those strands are moving and adapting and i've shared this before this uh, sort of concept of how uh, one of my friends who's a rock climber and she didn't rock climb for like three years but she'd rock climbed a lot before that she was very active almost daily for years and then she took a big break and she came back to it and she was not too far from where she left off especially with things like strength those are slower to lose and if she was staying active doing hiking and other exercise her body likely maintained that sort of structure and strength and that efficiency to do those things so there's the aspect of the neuromuscular efficiency that's our mind muscle connection getting more efficient over time to do movements 
But there's also the aspect of the scaffolding of the body, this sort of wetsuit of the body, this uh, ghost of the body. If we take away everything else, take away the muscles, the bones, even the ligaments and tendons, we just leave the fascia. We've got the whole shape of the body there. So that shape is adapted to how you've used it. And everything that we do is reshaping the fascia. If we're sitting for six hours a day, that's reshaping the fashion. It's going to make the body more molded like clay to that shape. And if we're rock climbing every day for years, that's going to reshape the body and uh, sort of the metaphor of clay, or just think of the fascia itself. And you look at it under the microscope in this video, you see the strands, how they move and they sort of help the muscles move more smoothly. They help the joints, everything move more smoothly. Uh, but they're changing shape all the time. And it's just like countless strands of collagen fibers. And it's adapting to how we use it. And I think the more we use it in a certain way, say, example, for example, in uh, rock climbing, it, your body gets adapted in certain ways. It gets more efficient at that. The fascia changes. The mind-muscle connection improves. And it becomes easier to repeat that task from a muscular standpoint, but also the fascia. And this is the sort of newer development and understanding the body. It's not just this webbing that gets in the way to cut, to get to the muscles. It's the sort of scaffolding of the body. It's deciding the range of motion of the body, the range of motion of the muscles. And if the fascia is more tense in your upper back and shoulders, you're going to have more muscular tension there. It's so it's different than the muscles. But in that theory, again, it's all just more or less dense collagen fibers. And it all can be adapted to how we use it, which is the hopeful thing. Whether you're uh, 20 or 50 years old or no experience or a lot of experience with yoga and movement practices, your body can be molded and shaped to how you use it. Of course, over time, injuries, trauma, age, and degeneration over time, diet, exercise, all these things are big factors. But the ultimate outcome of everything is that we can adapt. Our bodies are always adapting. So there might be more or less limitations to some things, but we can adapt over time. And that's very hopeful and very inspiring and encouraging to look at this fascia under a microscope and just showing how it is continually moving and changing shape and changing its structure. For me, the first time I did Warrior Two, I still remember is like shaking and trembling. My arms were like heavy as bricks. I didn't know how people could do this pose. And then we do like down dog and they say this could be a resting pose. I, I just was like trembling and sweating. And I, I just didn't know like how my body could possibly do this thing efficiently. It was very challenging. A couple years later, those poses are like floating on air because the whole body is adapted. My fascia is adapted. It becomes easier to get into those shapes and out of those shapes. My muscles have become more efficient. So our bodies adapt, and there are some poses, like for me, handstand has been continually hard, even though I practice it quite regularly and try to improve, the, the, there's still challenges to it, right? So if there's poses you're still challenged with, that's okay, you know, it doesn't mean you're any worse off. And even though the body can adapt, there are some structures that are more challenging to adapt, especially if you've got a certain bone structure that makes certain poses difficult. Maybe certain ligaments are shorter or longer for you in some areas. Right? So the connective tissue can be a big factor. Now, how do we adapt it? So 
for one, just using the body in regular yoga practice, movement practices, walking exercise, all very important. But particularly in yin yoga, I find it very helpful for slowly, the slow changing transformative process that fascia takes. So it's adapting to how we use it and reshaping itself. And it can do that relatively quickly. But for sure, the muscle fibers take about 45 seconds to really get that brain signal to say, okay, let's lengthen the muscle fibers here and become more flexible. With the fascia, I am not as clear. I, I don't know any particular research on this that's shown like a certain length of time of stretching can lengthen the fascia more or less. But there is a certain feeling, a quality to it. I find a minute, up to two, up to five minutes in a pose, there's this reshaping, this, this shift that happens in my body and what I've worked with students seeing this. And it's not really validated by any science that I know of. So I'd love to hear if you know of any good research on reshaping the fascia. Of course, I, I do work with an amazing body worker who's great at uh, helping sort of untangle the fascia. This is a sort of rough explanation of what's happening, but some of those fibers can get really dense and sort of matted up in certain areas. And for me, that often happens in my lower back, in my shoulders, wherever you have tension, maybe your IT band, my calves also get that, right? So things like cupping, massage, body work, deep tissue work, uh, fascial release techniques, self-myofascial release, doing stuff with therapy balls and foam rollers. This can all help. Uh, lately, every morning I'm doing foam rolling stuff because I feel like that's what my body needs right now. And that's a great way to start the day to release some of those more matted areas of fascia in the body. Right, so again, really, I really recommend you look at this video and just see what it looks like so you get an idea of what you're working with. But it's kind of like a spider web. It's kind of like this webbing of the body and it can move and change. And we want to move and change it in intentional ways. Foam rolling, therapy balls, massage, yoga in general, especially yin yoga, more passive stretching. So you're relaxing the muscles. So the muscles aren't doing as much work and the fascia, the connective tissue can lengthen, especially rolling on the feet, because that's a major point where the fascia connects and uh, just kind of going up the back line of the body, then going up the front of the body, then going up the side of the body. So you're kind of unrolling those knots like a wave up the body. I find that works really well. So hopefully this gave you some insight into working with the fascia. There's so much to be said about it, but the main thing is to know that it is a very strong structure of the body. It's relative strength to steel, very strong. And the tendons and the ligaments of the body are like a slightly less dense form of fascia. And when we do yoga postures over time, we are slowly changing the shape of this connective tissue. And we don't want to overstretch it. We don't want to make it extremely flexible and loose. We want stability and structure too. This is why I always teach release, strengthen, and stretch. Not just stretch. Yoga is not just stretching. If we do that, we are leaving a lot of uh, imbalances unaddressed. And there's going to create a lot of imbalances in the body. If you're already like power lifting and weight lifting, and then you add yin yoga on top of that, that's a good combination because you've got the yang and the yin, the stira and the sukha. But if you're mainly just doing yoga, 
definitely want to include strength practices like power, vinyasa, hatha yoga, and yin practices. So receptive, passive stretching, active stretching and passive stretching, active strengthening and passive stretching, and even just nervous system regulation stuff like restorative yoga. I include all of that in my yoga membership and free weekly audio classes on the Quiet Mind Yoga podcast. So you can listen to those if you want to put this into practice just with any class you're doing that. Uh, but particularly yin yoga, I find really helpful for reshaping the body, especially if you're already very physically active and doing things to strengthen the muscles and reinforce the fascia connective tissue of the body. When you become too tense, then's the time to really focus on the passive stretching to release that tension and the myofascial release stuff. But you want all three of these things, release, strengthen, and stretch. And that's how we can mold the fascia to be a more supportive structure to eventually it feels very light and easy and effortless to do warrior two, down dog, warrior three, even arm balances, even advanced postures over time. And then of course, you're still gonna have your challenges like I do with handstands. Some days I can do it easily, some days it's very challenging. Even with regular practice, right? We all are gonna have our limitations and part of yoga is accepting and being present and not judging not blaming, not shaming, not needing to fix ourselves, but just to meet ourselves where we're at. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, you know, do all this stuff and still uh, minimal result. <laughs> and is it, can I be okay with that? Can I be accepting of myself in that? And I think yoga can teach us to do that as much as it can teach us that our bodies can be shaped and molded. It can teach us that our bodies have our limits and that's okay too. So I hope this was helpful, giving you some insight into working with the fascia. If you have any requests, comments, feedback, I'd love to hear. Please leave a review in Apple Podcasts. That helps a lot. Or send me a message at jeremy.quietmind on Instagram. I love to hear from students. I just heard from a student today from Amsterdam. She's awesome, doing amazing things, starting to be a, an assistant in a teacher training. Very cool. And if you want to join the next Quiet Mind Yoga Teacher Training, that will be coming in March 2021 and fall 2021. That's the plan for now. Every spring and fall, a new class. They're four months long, all online. Even before the pandemic, I felt online was the best way to learn this stuff for many reasons, uh, including being able to go back and listen to them, just like you can do with all of these podcasts, these little bite-sized pieces of information about yoga teacher training. So thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day and look forward to sharing more with you next week.